Welcome to another episode of The Brand Called You, a podcast and podcast show that brings you leadership lessons, knowledge, experience, and wisdom from thousands of successful individuals from around the world. I am your host, Ashutosh Garg, and today I'm delighted to welcome a very senior professional and an author from Singapore, Mr. Anindya Datta. Anindya, welcome to the show. Thank you so much, Ashutosh. Thank you for having me. It's a delight having me. Thank you. Uh, Anindya is the managing director of Two Roads Private Limited. He's an author. And all of you know, I'm very partial to authors. He's an author of uh, two books. Number one is Wizards, the story of Indian spin bowling. Uh, one India's, which, which, which won India's Cricket Book of the Year Award for 2019. Uh, his other book is Advantage India, which is the story of Indian, Indian tennis. And India has also worked with Deutsche Bank, Credit Agricole, ANZ and American Express. So Anindya, before we start talking about two roads, Tell me about your own journey in brief. Sure. Uh, just one small correction. I've written six books. That's two okay. of them. <laughs> uh, okay. <Six laughs> I stand corrected. Okay. <laughs> That's fine. Um, and they're pretty much all on uh, the history of sports thus mm -hmm. far. Okay. Um, so, yeah, I, I started, uh, well, I grew up all over India. Um, my my father was in, uh, in Dunlop Tires, uh, wherever... He went in the country uh, to fix a problem for the company for a couple yeah. of years. I just followed him. Okay. <laughs> so, uh, and then uh, went to college in Calcutta at Presidency College and then went to the US, came back and got into banking and was a banker for about the next, uh, I don't know, 27 years. Wow. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so, um, yeah. So, 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 you know, before I started Two Roads, yes. Fantastic. So tell me about Two Roads now. What was uh, your motivation to start it and what do you do here? Sure. Uh, look, I mean, uh, in my 27 years of uh, banking, I was running teams for about uh, 26 of them. Mm. So uh, that's that's a lot of cumulative leadership experience, good and bad. Uh, so you learn a lot of things as you go along. Mm. And uh, one of the things that I, uh, so, so leadership was something I was always very passionate about, about mm. how I led my teams, how I inspired them, how we did as a team. And, and I was very curious about it. Mm -hmm. um, and one of the things that uh, I realized, um, you know, the second half of my banking career, if you like, is that there isn't a lot which senior leaders uh, receive in terms of uh, guidance, if you like, mm -hmm. uh, or um, uh, inspiration, if you like, in mm -hmm. terms of how to solve the problems mm. that beset them, especially as they, you know, go up the up right. the ladder. Mm. Um, and uh, the other thing that I realized from speaking to, you know, friends in different uh, sectors mm. is that uh, the problems are uh, really um, leadership problems, mm. uh, and they are completely sector agnostic. Mm. Um, and finally, the uh, as a senior leader, my uh, I, I always had a bit of a, maybe that's a very personal thing, but I had a very bit of a um, antipathy, if you like, mm -hmm. uh, towards leadership trainers uh, who hadn't had the same experience as I had in leading teams right. um, coming and um, telling me what I should be doing with my teams uh, mm. from a theoretical standpoint, mm. right? Um, sometimes it's useful. A lot of the time, senior leaders find it very difficult to take just because there's a dichotomy right. between between the experience and the right. and the uh, thing. Um, so when I uh, decided to leave banking, I uh, set up 
uh, Two Roads, which is a leadership firm, but mm-hmm. it's a leadership firm which looks at leadership very differently. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's difficult to talk about Two Roads without going into a bit about my writing journey. Absolutely. Um, and, I'll, and, I'll, mm-hmm. and I'll tell you why there's a link yeah. between the two. Uh, so about a decade ago, I uh, I started writing on um, on sports history of all things, which I'd never written on before. Mm-hmm. Um, and what happened was I realized that two things. One is, and we can come back to the writing later, but mm-hmm. um, uh, that I had a nat- I had a love of history always, uh, and I had a love of sports. And uh, I was able to blend the two together and, and bring it out in a way which, which um, you know, people liked reading. Mm-hmm. But more importantly, once I started going on that journey, I met a lot of elite sports people mm-hmm. and people connected with elite sports around the world. Right. And I realized that a lot of them have this ability to transfer leadership lessons mm-hmm. from the sports that they are engaged in mm-hmm. um, to business lessons. Correct. The only gap there is because they don't have business leadership experience, mm. so they don't necessarily address the right issues. Mm. Um, so I decided to bring the two together. Mm. Um, and so how Two Roads started is I started looking at leadership for senior leaders with a completely outside-in lens, mm. um, where I would pick up stories from elite sports, success stories, mm. uh, failure stories, mm. um, and analyze that from a business context Mm -hmm. to show how running teams, as I said, Mm -hmm. is industry agnostic. So it's as industry agnostic as there's no difference between sports and and banking, for example, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. Uh, Because the challenges are the same, the solutions in a lot of places are the same. And having an outside in lens allows you to, um, you know, look at things very differently. Mm Um, from what you're doing at your workplace. Uh, so, and, and it opens up um, uh, vistas that, that you wouldn't otherwise have. Mm-hmm. And so, so that's the journey Two Roads is, uh, is Amazing. on. <laughs> Amazing. So let's, let's move to leadership now. Since uh, you've told me this, and let me start by asking you that you just spoke about leadership in sports and leadership in the corporate world. And you also told me that sports leaders may not necessarily have business leadership experience, but what are some of the synergies that exist between sports leadership and corporate leadership? Sure, I think it's leadership in general, right? Um, and and for me, there are, you know that's there's so many things in leadership, right? But some of the most uh, important things, as far as I'm concerned, uh, for a leader to be successful, regardless of which industry you're in, what you're doing, mm-hmm. um, is first have an open and curious mind Mm. because if you have a closed mind um, you are never going to be a leader who takes the business anywhere or or your team anywhere right Uh, there is this obvious thing of the ability to inspire others Mm. right and again I think this is something which is misunderstood um, by a lot of people that inspiring others doesn't always mean you need to lead from the front Mm you can inspire with your deeds by the way you work, by the way you approach issues, mm. um, by the, the qualities you display as a human being, mm. right? Uh, so that ability to inspire others, I think is, is, is also a very important quality in a leader. Mm. Empathy for others. If you do not have empathy for others in your team, right. uh, you are going to succeed for a while, mm. but then it's, it's just not going to work in the long term. Mm. Right. Uh, Because, you know, people realize very quickly that you don't have that empathy and then they don't treat you with respect. Mm. Right. Um, 
something which is very personal, I guess, that ethical, honest, with integrity. Mm. In the long term, the really successful leaders, I think, have all of these three. Correct. You can have short wins mm. um, by being, you know, aggressive, breaking the rules, uh, but then you're going to you're going to basically end up uh, like um, uh, like FTX, mm. right? Uh, or or you know, Madoff or or, mm. or, or, or one of those. Yeah. Um, and finally, uh, again, and this is probably uh, for me the best definition of a distinction between a manager and a leader mm. uh, is that a leader does not display insecurity mm. in themselves, mm. right? Uh, they do not have any trouble in giving responsibility to people in their team. Mm. Uh, they do not fear that their position will be taken over because the way I looked at leadership all the time was if I had very capable people in my team, mm. that team would go places. Correct. It would take me places and it gave me an opportunity to move up and do something else. Well said, well said. Right? Well so said. long answer, but, uh, but no, I thought no, I'd thank give you, you a perspective. That's a great yeah. response. But now let's talk a little bit about how some of the leadership trends seem to be changing. You know, uh, when I started working with ITC in... 1979 and then you know over the years they were always superstar leaders iconic individuals and in iconic corporations around the world today that seems to have reduced dramatically i'd love to get your perspective on what are some of the changing trends you are noticing when it uh, when you talk of leadership well i think the iconic leadership iconic companies continue to exist and 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 they will right mm -hmm. because that's that's a um that's a type of leader that human beings um genetically look forward to i mean look right. up to right mm -hmm. um i think the difference is that those leaders and those companies have shorter shelf lives mm -hmm. than before right you mentioned itc you know a company like itc i mean whether you like tobacco or you don't like tobacco but uh, you can't question its shelf life and where where it's been all these years yeah, right sure. uh, and and clearly you know there's a, a, a leadership um uh, i guess uh, a legacy um mm. uh, you know uh, which has which has been there there's a, there's a certain culture which flows mm. through that um so i think that the difference is that there because of the of of the new generation of um, of of younger leaders who have mm. come in, or the new generation of people in the workforce, mm. uh, the the leaders who were very autocratic, mm. who um, I think are finding it very difficult to survive in the long term. Mm. Um, there are more and more uh, leaders who, whether you you know whether you call it a servant based leadership or mm. whether it's it's even people who lead from the front, but mm. they're much more inclusive. So I think inclusive leadership is perhaps um, something that has that has changed. Fair enough. The other aspect, Anandya, which is often discussed and debated is the impact of culture on leadership. Yep. Um, you know, some cultures are, 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 are naturally uh, able to provide leadership. Some cultures are not able to because some are more introvertish, etc. What are your perspectives and how does culture impact leadership? You mean in terms of where the leaders come from, what they've, where they've grown up? Yeah. Uh, I think it's getting a bit blurred mm -hmm. now. 
uh, you had the you know the whole aggressive American leadership style, yep. um, which again, from what I was just talking mm -hmm. about, mm -hmm. I think has had to take a back seat even in the United States. Mm -hmm. right? um, you have a lot of, I mean, there's there's a lot of um, uh, discussions on social media about the number of uh, Indian leaders in uh, in you know positions of yes. power all mm. over all over the world today, uh, particularly in the tech uh, mm. industry. Uh, but if you look at them, they are not typically what you would say male centric, uh, typical Indian leaders as you would uh, you know find over the mm. past 30, 40 years. Mm. Um, I think they are uh, successful because they have become much more inclusive and and able to lead a global workforce. Mm. So I think it's getting a bit That's blurred it. in yep. terms of culture. Great yeah. response. Thank you. The other aspect that I wanted to get your perspective on is technology. How is technology changing leaders and leadership? I think it's forced leaders to change mm. uh, because uh, technology is here. It's improving the way we do business. Mm -hmm. It's improving the way we lead teams. Mm -hmm. um, and as uh, teams have got more dispersed and uh, and virtual, if you like, mm -hmm. uh, technology is a is something that really enhances how you lead teams. Mm -hmm. um, uh, you know, so people the the one challenge has been, and and I guess we are fortunate in that we've grown through this whole technology boom over the past few decades mm. um, that people who have not fallen behind and are able to embrace the technology uh, are making better leaders um, even you know if you look at the the pandemic and 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 post well I'm, I'm touching wood and calling it post pandemic mm. but in the post pandemic uh, world if you like mm. um, there are a few leaders around still who mm are insisting that their people come back to work 100%. Yeah. But I think those are few and far between, mm. right? Mm. Um, and, and I think it doesn't make sense for, um, for, for, for leaders to do that just because of where technology has gone in the recent past. And the mm. last three years have been transformational in terms of, I mean, you, you and I are having, having this, uh, you know, the podcast, um, yeah. which, uh, you know, five years ago would, uh, would have been a bit more difficult, I would say. Absolutely. Well said. Well said. So two more questions on leadership, and then I'll move to your book. Sure. Uh, what is your perspective on how men and women leaders are different? Okay. Um, I, I think the basic traits of leadership are very human. Mm. So, so, so they don't change so much. Mm. And the difference is sometimes in the level of empathy. Mm. Uh, it is in the perspectives that women bring to the table, mm. uh, which men often overlook just because, you know, men and women think differently. I mean, that's, that's the reality, yep. which is exactly why I'm a very, very big uh, fan mm. of having women in leadership positions, because mm. The more women you have in leadership positions, the more the diversity of thinking you have in your team, mm -hmm. right? Uh, and more the diversity of thinking you have in your team, the better your team can perform. Mm -hmm. um, so, so I think uh, those those are two things. Probably empathy, women's core over men for sure mm -hmm. uh, in most cases. Yeah. Um, and and the perspective that they that they bring sometimes can be very very different. I mean, I I can tell you from 
a very simple example of a marriage perspective. Mm -hmm. um, uh, sometimes I have these insolvable problems in my head and I overanalyze them and my, and my wife uh, spends like two minutes and gives me a perspective. Mm. I'm like, okay, <laughs> you know, that's, <laughs> that's really the solution. Why didn't I think of it in that way, right? Well so yeah. uh, I, I think it comes to all of us. You know, I'm in complete agreement with you on that. My next question is on the younger leaders. You know, I'm from the boomers generation, but how are millennial uh, leaders and Gen Z leaders who are now getting into positions of influence in the corporate world, how are they changing the leadership paradigm? Well, I think they're embracing technology and um, embracing the um, a, a different way of leading, which is causing you know older leaders to mm. change their way of working as well mm. uh, because they are very quickly becoming a large part of the workforce and the mm. most important most productive part of the workforce if mm. you like mm. um, uh, so they are on one side much more inclusive mm -hmm. um, they are much more tech savvy so they look at things differently on the other i think uh, they suffer from a lack of perspective and tend to ignore history mm -hmm. um, as a result of which they end up making a lot of fatal mistakes, especially, you know, uh, very young, um, uh, high profile entrepreneurs, mm -hmm. I think, um, uh, you know, sometimes take the view that uh, since something has not happened in the last 10 years, mm -hmm. uh, it can never happen. Hmm. And uh, and so I think it's 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 a mix of the two, and it'll sort of evolve over time. Hmm. But I think that largely they're changing leadership uh, for good in many ways. Fantastic, thank you. So let me now move to your books, uh, Anindya. You know, you've written from cricket to tennis, and you just told me a few minutes ago about your love for history, and your love for sports, and your love for leadership, and you seem to have combined all of these three loves into your books. But tell me about your books. And you told me six uh, books you've written. Um, tell me about some of your books. Well, you know, Wizards uh, was was something which which came out of uh, my childhood passion of, uh, of 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 going to my first cricket test match in at the Eden Gardens and and watching the uh, Vishen Singh Bedi, Chandrasekhar, Prasanna uh, bowl at the West Indies. I was seven years old. Mm. And, and that sort of uh, you know, lifelong passion for spin bowling. So when the chance came to, um, to write uh, the first book for a big publisher, which was, which was Westland, mm. um, I chose to write on spinners. Mm. And um, there wasn't a, a good history uh, written from the beginning mm. about Indian spinners. So, so uh, you know, I just wrote it in the way I would want to read it, mm. um, which was chronological, but also with backstories and, and, and sort of showing the evolution of, mm. uh, of Indian spin bowling, which has been uh, probably the most, most important part of um, Indian cricket, uh, you know, over the hundred years that uh, India has been playing. Uh, so, it, so it, that's where it came from. Mm. Yeah. And then uh, what about tennis? 
So tennis was interesting because after Wizards came out and it won the award, um, uh, I was contacted by the publisher to ask, what do you want to write on next? That was literally the, um, you know, the um, conversation we had. Mm. And tennis is the other sport I'm really passionate about. And no history of Indian tennis had ever been written. Okay. Um, so, so this is the first and the only history exist in existence of Indian, of Indian tennis. Um, and when I... It was a bit of a daunting task because I didn't realize it when I took it on. But when I went to do the research uh, during the pandemic, actually, I realized that there was no written records. Mm. Um, there were no written records. Uh, the Indian Tennis Association had never kept written records. Uh, the South Club in Calcutta, which is the home of Indian tennis, had no library. Mm. Uh, so, uh, you know, I, I literally had to go back, find books, go to the British newspaper archives for the last, uh, you know, couple of hundred years. Mm. And, and write the entire history of Indian tennis. And what I also found, again, you mentioned my love of history, that Indian tennis, early Indian tennis, has huge connections with Indian history. Mm -hmm. um, and the characters who were, who were, who were tennis players, um, including a gentleman who went to number six in the world, mm -hmm. um, was one of the characters around the Jallianwala Bagh massacre. Wow. So, so, you know, it's just very rich in, in, in where it's come from. And, and, and that's something which, which really excites me. So mm -hmm. uh, I've just, I think it's going to press today. The second edition is going to press today of Advantage India. The, wow. Uh, wow. Story of Indian tennis. One more question on, on books, sure. and then I'll uh, come to my last question. Sure. What goes into writing a book on sports? Um, passion. Mm -hmm. um, uh, absolute determination that every fact that I put on the paper is thoroughly researched and can never be refuted. Mm. Um, and writing in a way where any reader, whether she or he be a sports lover or not, mm. uh, feels compelled to turn a page. Mm. Fascinating. Uh, Thank you. Sorry. That's a great response. And my last question, Johnny, and this is for the thousands of people who will listen to our conversation. Based on your own amazing journey from the world of banking to consulting, leadership advice, author, what would you say are three lessons you would want our viewers and listeners to take away from your journey and from our conversation? Okay. Um, I think uh, from my from my bank, if I was to, to mm -hmm. sort of dissect it in my mind, from my from my banking journey, what I take uh, away is that even people I dealt with, mm. you know, 20 years ago, mm. uh, today, mm. continue to have um, both respect for my knowledge, but mm. more importantly, respect for me as a person. Yeah. Uh, when when we have interactions today. Yeah. And for me, that's a that's a really big takeaway that mm. that you know, um, you do the right things. Mm. Uh, you live right the uh, life the right way. Mm. Um, and, and, uh, you know, it's, it's something that you will always treasure, mm. um, mm. as far as, 
you know, my, my writing career really, I mean, it was something completely unexpected. As I said, I'd never written before. And, and the love recognition for, for the writing and the fact that people want to read more mm. uh, has been hugely rewarding. So, mm. so, you know, go for a passion, any passion that you have, mm. uh, go for a passion, do your best with that passion. Mm. Um, and, uh, and, and that's, that's the road to success in anything that you do. Mm. Um, uh, just just do it to the best of your ability, whatever you do, right? right? Correct. And finally, if I was to say um, something which probably my failures taught me, if you like, mm -hmm. um, is that when faced with a situation, step back, pause, mm -hmm. reflect. Mm -hmm. um, uh, a boss uh, of mine, a French boss uh, many mm -hmm. years ago once uh, told me when I was grappling with a, with a problem that mm -hmm. I thought you know, was ending my world, Hmm. And uh, he he heard me ranting about it for fifteen minutes, and then he turned to me and said, "No one has died, hmm. right?" So 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 you always yeah. have time to react. Well said, hmm. yeah. well said. And on that note, Anindya, and your three amazing lessons. First one you said was based on your, all your banking relationships, how critical relationships are, and they last you for two decades, as you said, and for forever if the relationships are strong. Second, you said from your writing world, you know, go for your passion, do your best. And as they say in the Gita, don't wait for the, the rewards. They will follow automatically. Absolutely. And the third one you said was, which is so powerful, step back, pause and reflect every time you're faced with a challenge. Thank you so much for speaking to me about your journey. Thank you for talking to me about two roads. Thank you for talking to me at such length about leadership. Uh, I think I got some amazing perspectives from you on different aspects of leadership over the gen over the years. Thank you also for talking to me about your books from, and I'm amazed to find someone who's writing from cricket to tennis. Thank you for speaking to me and good luck to you. Well, thank you so much, Arshur. Thank you for having me here. And, uh, you know, good questions always get good answers, as I say. So thank, thank you. you for the good questions. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you for listening to the brand called You Videocast and Podcast, a platform that brings you knowledge, experience and wisdom of hundreds of successful individuals from around the world. Do visit our website www.tbcy.in to watch and listen to the stories of many more individuals. You can also follow us on YouTube, Facebook, Instagram and Twitter. Just search for the brand called You.